exalt you. We lift you up. Nothing else matters this morning. Nothing else matters. Just praising you. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. You may not be used to this. This may be something different to you. To stop everything and just exalt him. You know, his word says that he inhabits our praises. When we give him attention, <laughs> he shows out. <laughs> When we turn to him, he shows up. You know, he's never left us. He's there the whole time. He's waiting for us to acknowledge him. You know, kind of like our kids do. Watch me, watch me, mommy, watch me, watch me. <laughs> it's like I heard his voice this morning say, watch me. turn our eyes to you this morning, Father. And we say, <laughs> we need you. We need you more than anything. We can't be or do without you. can be seated. How many of y'all have a comfy couch or a comfy chair at home? Anybody have a comfy couch or a comfy chair? You know, whenever we, we praise the Lord or we worship him, the word says that he inhabits our praises. And I know um, as adults, we know what that means, but it means you give him place on your comfy couch. You say, come and have a seat with me. You know, I saw these chairs up here and it just reminded me of that. It's like you've asked him to come and have a seat and you're gonna have a chat with him, you know? And, now, and I thought, well, with now, with technology, we're, <laughs> I guess it's like FaceTiming God. <laughs> you're Snapchatting. Hopefully not now, you're not Snapchatting. But whenever you praise him, and worship him. It's like you're, it's, you're in his presence. Amen. And you, and you welcome him to speak to you. I love to praise him. I love to worship him. And you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a big song. It doesn't have to be a lengthy song. Just, I exalt you. I love you, Lord. Jesus loves me. This I know. It doesn't matter. He, he longs for his daughters to spend time with him. And so I am so glad y'all are here this morning. I know it's Mother's Day weekend, but what a better time to just be together with our, our sisters and our daughters <laughs> and our mothers and just be in his presence. I believe he's got a word this morning for us. Um, we're going to have a time in the word, and then we're going to have door prizes. We've got some fun door prizes. We've got... Um, reflexology, foot reflexology. We're going to be giving three of those away, three of those away, and then we've got door prizes, and then we've got yummy food, and then we've got crafts and stuff for, for y'all to do with your daughters, or y'all could just do one. You don't have to have a daughter. You can just go and do one. Um, but we're going to have so much fun. We're going to talk about God's love. We're going to talk about our submission and being ready you know, that's a word that, that the Lord's been giving me, or he gave me a while ago about being ready. And um, 
I know what being ready means. It's like being prepared, right? But I had a picture of, because um, the guys have been playing softball. We have a softball team. But I remember playing softball when I was little, and they would tell you to, to take a stance. You would, you'd stand like this with your, your glove on, and you're ready. I always played outfield. That's why they made me do that. <laughs> no, keep going way out there. Keep going. Because <laughs> I would not catch the ball, that's for sure. But I was ready. I would be like this, just ready, ready. Come on, come at me. Um, so we're, I, I know we're in a time where God wants his daughters to be ready. So we're going to talk about being ready. And it takes knowing God's love, being submitted to that love, and having a faith to overcome. Amen? Amen. So we are discovering our true worth. Becoming the women or young ladies God's created us to be. Worth means your value, your importance. How many of y'all feel valuable and important? I mean, sometimes we don't, though. I know that. I know. Because we're either listening to ourselves. How many of y'all know you listen to yourself more than you listen to anybody else? I mean, that's like, woo, mind-blowing. And you believe yourself more than you believe anybody else. So if you're repeating what someone else has said about you and it is diminishing your worth, that's a lie. That's a lie. We don't want to speak lies. You know, the last time we were together, we talked about Bathsheba, and I'm not going to go over that, but, you know, she refused to believe that she was her mistake. She had to search God out and his truth to carry out the plan that he had for her life. We all know that she birthed and raised King Solomon, which was like mind-blowing to me. Um, and he re rebuilt God's temple. He also was known as the wisest king. He wrote Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and of course, Song of Solomon. But he wrote Proverbs 31.10, where it says that you are far more precious than jewels, and your value is far above rubies and pearls. But you know what? It doesn't matter what the word says if you do not believe it for yourself. Do you know that? You can say you believe something, but unless you really believe it in the innermost part of your being. I, one of my favorite scriptures is, is Matthew 9, 29, when Jesus is talking to the, to the blind man. And he says, whatever you believe, that's your faith way in here. He said, so shall it be in your body. So it doesn't matter what you say you believe. It's got to be on the inside of you. Amen. Because what you believe is going to show up. It is. And our, my life and your life is dependent on my faith and your faith, what you believe, right? The kind of life you live is dependent on what you believe. Do you believe that Jesus came and died to give you life abundant? Yes. Then you need to be living that life abundant. Do you believe that you're worthy of that life? Amen. What you believe your worth is, is going to be seen in your pursuits, what you're pursuing. You may be thinking, I'm not smart enough, so then you won't go to college. You may say, I'm not good enough, so you won't apply for that job. You may, so do you see what I'm saying? What you really believe is going to be seen on what you pursue. Amen. Whether you um, pursue God's dream for you or your dream or your family's dream, we've got to know that we who God says that we are. We are women of substance. We are women of immeasurable worth. Do you know that he died for us and loved us before he even knew us? That like, that's mind-blowing to me. It's like, God gave his son for me, for me, so that I could have abundant life. And anything short of that, then I'm saying, God, what you did was not enough. And it was enough. Amen? So we've got to stop believing the lies of the enemy. God wants us to live out of our hearts where he dwells. That's where we believe, where our faith is, and not out of our head. Because that's where lies start. This is where lies start is in our head. We have to believe what 2 Corinthians 5 says. And I'm not going to turn to all these scriptures. I'll turn to some of them. If you have your Bibles or your phones. Let's look at that real quick. 2 Corinthians 
chapter 5, he says in verse 17, you've got to believe this. Therefore, if any person, it says any person is in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. The old is passed away. The new has come. I love that. The old is gone. I get a fresh start in the message translation, it says. A mulligan. If you were here the last time we talked about a mulligan, what's a mulligan? It's a do-over. I love do-overs, and kids are the best at that. I didn't know what a mulligan was, but you have to believe what the word says, that the old life is gone. We get a fresh start. We get a mulligan, redemption, salvation. I am no longer awaiting or expecting or living in the penalty of my sin. That's it. I have a new life. I have a new life. No more torment. No more torment. And we torment ourselves. You know, the devil just barely has to tell us something, and then we just take it as our own, and we start. And, and we have this quiet guilt and shame that steals the life that he died to give us. You know, do you all remember what it was like when you first got saved? Do you remember how exciting that was and how much you, oh my gosh, it's like I drove people crazy. I really did. And people would go like, are you for real? Yeah, I'm for real. I really do love God. I love him so much. I love God. And I want you to love him. And let me tell you about him. I want you to turn to Proverbs 8, 17. Let's look at this. I read this a few months ago. How many of y'all know, I mean, God's word is just amazing. You can read it and read it, but it's got to become revelation. It's got to become rhema. And pastor talked about that this past Sunday. But in Proverbs, what did I say? 8, 17. It says, was it 8, 17? Oh, I'm in 9, 17. That's a good one too, though. That's a really good one. I've got that all highlighted. Um, it says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me early and diligently shall find me. He says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me early and diligently shall find me. Do you know what that means? That means you will have access to him, all of him, all that he is, all that he has, and all that he can do. That's his glory. Isn't that good? I love that. How do I know that I love God? Or how do you know that one loves God? Well, number one, do I go to him first for help, for direction? Do I go to his word? That's how I know. Do I love God? Well, do I go to him first? And number two, does his opinion matter? Does his word still have first place in your life? How do I know I love God? Does his word have first place in my life? And number three, do I listen? Meaning, do I obey what he says? I mean, we all know that. Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, you'll do what I say. You'll feed my sheep, right? And you may be thinking, what does love have to do with anything, right? It, everything. If you don't know his love, then you won't believe anything he says. Isn't that right? It's the truth. Respect, honor, Submission are all words about love, right? When you love something, you'll respect it, you'll honor it, you'll, you'll take care of it. You know how your parents will always tell you to take care of something. Have you ever, how many of y'all have a brand new car, a kid, not a, daughters, any daughters in here that have a new car, who want a new car, <laughs> pray for a new car. When you get that car, you're going to have your parents go, are you taking care of that car? Have you, are you washing that car? Have you cleaned out your car? Have you cleaned out your trunk? Have you cleaned out your trunk? <laughs> I just looked at my daughter. But when you, when you um, esteem something or you take care of it, right, don't you? You don't just trash it, right? French fries, Sonic cups. And I'm talking about my own car. I would do the same thing, and my dad would be like, if you, if you really take, love something, you're going to take care of it. Amen. Amen? So those words all mean love, submission. 
I want to talk to you just a little bit about submission. Submission is, if you think of the word submarine, it means to come under a mission or a plan or a purpose, God's direction. Ask yourself, am I totally today submitted to God's plan and purpose and direction for my life? Do I really believe what he did for me? You see, if you can't grasp what Jesus did for us, if you can't grasp that you have a new life and that the old life is gone, you're never going to pursue the purpose that he has for your life. You'll never come under submission. You'll always be weary and not trust him and, and never submit. Do you know how much God loves you? And do you love him? Because if you did, then it'd be real easy to just submit and go, oh my gosh, yeah. This is, he loves me. Everything he wants for me is good. If he could give his only son, he held nothing back. Nothing. He held nothing back so that we could have everything. How can I not submit and obey his word? And you know what? I really as I was praying and writing this out, I really sensed that God was saying, this is where my daughters get tripped up. This is where they get tripped up and never walk out their potential and their purpose. This is it. This is foundational. You need to get this this morning. If you get anything else, get this. God loves me. God loves me. He gave everything for me. I can submit to him. I can submit to his word. You know, I don't know any better. <laughs> I mean, have you tried to lead your own life? How'd that go for you? I mean, I can't. Yeah, it doesn't work. This is foundational. You need to understand in order to discover your worth and your value in him. If you don't, if you don't understand what he gave so that we would be saved, we're never going to trust him. We're never going to trust him. And we won't put on what God has told us to put on, which is all the armor. Let's go there. I think this is like the third or fourth time we've heard about the armor of God. But God talked to me about this months ago. So let's go there. Let's go to, to Ephesians. Ephesians 6. Faith works by love. How many of you all know that? That's Galatians 5, 6. Faith works by love. I got a book years ago um, by uh, Kenneth Copeland, and it was on love. And I'd been praying about, and some of y'all heard this, and I, I've taught on it before, um, but the whole book was on the power of, of God's love. And there's a part where he talks about the armor, but he says, there's only a few men in here, um, Love is the underwear. Love is the underwear. And I brought out a big, huge red um, suit, long johns. <laughs> You've got to put on love first. If you don't understand God's love for you, your helmet's not going to work. None of it's going to work. Your shield's not going to work. None of it's going to work unless you know how much God loves you. You've got to know how much God loves you. So love is the underwear. Isn't that funny? Y'all are going to remember this. I know you are. Okay, so <laughs> let's look at this. All right. I love, um, well, it's Ephesians 6, verse 10, and of course it says finally or in conclusion. And how many of y'all know this? When your mom has given you a list of things to do, she'll always go back and she'll say, finally, let me tell you, this is the most important thing, not that everything else was not important. How many of y'all know that? Moms? Everything is important on that list. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, and number seven says go back to number one, right? Because all of it, my, all my instructions are important. Every one of them. Every one. I love that about moms. We, we like lists. But, but number 10, he says, because I know he says finally and in conclusion, but it's like, is it really finally? Because <laughs> no, no. But he says, in conclusion, be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union, your walk with him. You can't be strong without if you're not walking with him. Guess who's the strong one? You or him? Him. Yeah, him. 
So draw your strength from him, that strength which is boundless. <laughs> and it's going to provide everything that Christ supplied. I added that in there. I know it doesn't say that. But it, it does provide everything, that strength. When you walk with him, you will have everything that, that you need. Now I'm going to go to um, verse... We know verse 14, it says, Stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened your belt of truth around your loins. We know that. And having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude and right standing with God. And I love this because we love shoes. Verse 15. And have, don't we, Andy? And she likes them more than I do. And having shod your feet, you have a thousand of them. And having shod your feet, you know that word shod just means shoed. It's just shoe, it's past tense. Um, so having shod your feet in preparation, in readiness. Oh, you can't go nowhere without your shoes. I've tried. I've messed up my feet before. I have stepped into, I've, I've told a story of, of taking off my shoes and climbing up a tree. Yeah, I was really little. I think it was, what, four or five? I don't know. My dad said, don't take off your shoes. But I took off my shoes, and I got up in the tree. And when I stepped down, um, somebody had turned over um, some ashes, hot coals and the ashes, and I stepped right into them without my shoes. So shoes make you prepared. Okay, but how do you get your shoes on? Let's read that. And having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability and promptness and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel. Okay, so listen to this. It's being in understanding and getting a revelation of the gospel of peace that produces the shoes. I'm going to say it again. If you, you've got to have an understanding and a revelation of this, this, in order for your shoes to be on, in order for you to be ready, prepared, protected, to lift. Because the next verse, verse 16 says, lift up over all. That means raise. If I don't have my shoes on, if I don't have my shoes on, it says I cannot lift the shield of faith. Because what produces my faith? The Word of God. It's what I know in here that's going to cause this to work. Okay? But I have to have my shoes on. I have to be ready to lift up this. Amen? And this is huge. Isn't that awesome? It is so big. Like, I could totally hide behind it. <laughs> And that's with heels on. But I love that. I was reading that and I thought, oh, Lord, that is so good. And it says to lift up over all the covering shield of faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. It's your faith that's going to protect everything else from getting beat up from the attacks of the enemy. Got it? Okay, so... Um, your shield, okay, so Ephesians 6.10, the more you know him, the stronger you will be. That's how strong your faith is going to be. Your faith, your shield of faith is going to protect and guard you from the enemy's attacks. It's a defensive weapon. I know. If y'all are, if y'all have boys, then you, and if you have boys that were in sports, mine weren't really. So I don't understand. My, I don't understand offense or defense, but I understand this. So it is your shield of faith is also an offensive weapon when you advance and push him, push the enemy off track. Do you see that in the middle? That lo it looks like a doorknob. Because it is. It's a knob. And that's what the shields would have. It had a knob. They called it, it was called a boss. And that's what you would push your enemy with and get him off track, right? Okay? So it's defensive. It, it, it keeps the, from the, Darts coming at you, the attacks or whatever, but it's also offensive by pushing off track, right? Pushing your enemy off track, that's what they would use. Now, the Lord gave me this. Holy Spirit, help me to say this right. I wrote down, but it's also an offensive weapon. When you advance and push them off track with this knob, it's called a boss. So picking up your faith, this is your first line of defense. 
not letting his lies beat up your other weapons, okay? Your faith is a defensive weapon when the Holy Spirit reminds you of what he's already taught you. Because the shield, a real shield, is actually rounded. It was, it was you know what rounded means this way. So it deflected all the attacks. And deflect means it causes whatever was coming, it would change directions, what it intended to do, it did not do, okay? So when we remember, when we remember what we have studied, because we've got our shoes on, remember? When we remember God's word, that's taking up the shield, and it's deflecting the attacks of the enemy. Y'all know the scripture that says his weapons will not prosper. They may come at you, but when you remember the word of God, those darts, those whatever it is that's being thrown at you, it deflects. It goes a different way. It goes a different way. Now, the knob, the offensive, it's called the boss. And I love this. I love this. I was, I was reading this or I was studying this and praying about it. But you know when your faith becomes offensive? When you speak. It's defensive when you remember, protecting you from the attacks, but it becomes offensive when you speak, like Jesus did when he came out of the wilderness when he'd fasted for 40 days. And I thought for a minute, I'm going, a boss, well, how many of y'all know a boss can be offensive? <laughs> they can. What does a boss do? They shout orders, don't they? They shout orders and demands and declaring and do this and do that. So you be, that's that knob, and you push him off track. And let me tell you what happens when you do that. Like what happened with Jesus, he was tempted. The, the devil kept throwing things at him, lies, right? And he kept speaking the word of God. Well, it says that the enemy left him. And it says they left him for an more op, inopportune or more opportune time. I want you to look at... Um, James 4, 7, because this is where we <clears throat> get into the word submit. You have to submit. You have to understand that this is our weapon. <laughs> we, don't, we don't fight against flesh and blood. That's what the word says. It, it, we fight against principalities. We know. We know that. It, we know who our enemy is. But this is our only weapon, Okay. And the word says that we fight a good fight of faith. Good, a good fight means a fight you win. You know, I, I know I'm short, but I used to be even shorter and mousy and littler. And I had a lot of, I do have a lot of girl cousins, but where I was raised down the street, there were a lot of boys. Oh my gosh, a lot of boy cousins and they're such bullies and they're so mean and they stink and they're awful. And they would, they, yeah, there's no boy, there's some boys in here, but, but they can be, right? They're bullies. They can be bullies. Girls can be bullies too. But I would come home and I would get in trouble because I got bullied. My dad would be like, well, hit him back. And I'm like, I don't want to hit him. I don't want to fight. And he'd be like, you, I'd get in trouble because I didn't fight. I would get in trouble because I didn't fight. I would end up in the corner and kneeling in the corner. You never had to kneel in the corner, did you? I know. It was only me. But, um, but now I, I know what I fight with. I'm not afraid. And you can't be afraid either. God has given us everything that we need. You can't. I, I love this one, the story that I think it was Kenneth Hagin says somebody came up and prayed for, asked for prayer, and they said, or maybe it was Dr. Savelle, he said, pray that the devil never bothers me again. And so he prayed and said, God, just kill him. Let him die. And he says, no, wait. I said, pray that the devil will never bother me. And he says, well, guess what? Yeah, the devil's going to come at you. He's, he's always going to tempt you. He's always coming at you. If you don't want him to, then you're dead. You might as be in, he you're in heaven, right? But he's given us everything that we need. Amen? We can't do it without this. Now, our faith is only as strong and as effective as our ability to submit. And submission means 
I'm able to hear, to recall, to remember his word, his strategy, his power. This is called humility, trusting and relying on him alone and not myself or what I can see because that's fear. Jesus submitted. He says that. He said, I only say what I hear my father say. So I, when the enemy was coming at him, there had to be a submission. And James 4, 7 says, submit unto God. We always remember this part. Resist the devil and he shall flee. And if there's anything I want y'all need to get, and I want us to get, our, us, our daughters, our granddaughters, our nieces, is to submit submit to God I promise you he'll get you through he'll remind you of what he taught you even if it was a long time ago but it matters it matters you have to submit at some point you have to go I can't do it anymore I can't fight this by myself and I tell you what the moment you submit the Holy Spirit will come and he will remind you. He will remind you of his word. And that is what you fight with. That's, and it's got to come out of your mouth. It's got to come out of your mouth. Remember, we believe and we hear ourselves more than anybody else. It doesn't matter what anybody else says about you. It's what you think about yourself. It's what you say about yourself. And you got to say, no, I'm strong in the Lord. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I know it looks like I'm losing, but no, I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. God says we are overcomers because he's overcome the world. It says in John 16, he's deprived the world of its power to harm you. He says, I've conquered it for you. If you write that one down, that's the one you're going to need to remember. You're going to need to remember that one. And Romans 8.37 says, we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. We win. We win. You got to get up in the morning and know that he is afraid of you. The devil is afraid of you. You're like, come on. Come on. I win. I win every time. 1 John 4, 4 says, he who lives in you is greater than he that is in the world. You know, the other thing that Roman soldiers do is that when they fight, is they don't fight alone. How dumb is that? How dumb is that? They do not fight alone. And one of the strategies that they have, you, and their, their shields actually weren't shaped like this. They're more like doors. They're huge, like doors. And what they would do is... They would line them up. They would line them up and make a wall. Actually, they'd make a rectangle. And then the ones in the middle would lift them up like this. So they were safe from things flying in the air. We need each other. We need each other. You're not supposed to fight by yourself. That is the devil telling you that you have to fight for, by yourself. And it's called pride. And that will defeat you. That will defeat you every day. You know what? The devil doesn't want to give you a bad day. Do you all know that? He's not out to just steal your day. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm having a bad day. No, he wants to steal your life. He wants to steal the life that Jesus came to give you. And then the life that you'll affect. The life that you'll affect. I'm a mama. There's mamas in here. And I, I'm going to tell you all this story because I always remember it, and the Holy Spirit reminded me this morning. Um, my brother-in-law um, was mowing. I don't know if you all remember the story. Caesar was mowing. And killdeers, birds, build their nest on the ground. And he was mowing, and all of a sudden this bird... If you ever seen a killdeer bird, they're little. They're little, but they are mighty. That bird came, was coming at him like, Nyum! he's like, whoa, what's up? And it just, it just like was attacking him. And he realized, I'm about to run over her nest. And that mama was not having it. 
she was just like attacking him because she he was about to run over this nest. And I thought of um, moms, that's us. There was also um, a hailstorm years ago, years ago. And there was this little killdeer um, mama bird who'd had a nest. This was as we were building this building and it was right out front. And um, Scott had gone to go get a, a cardboard, he said, because there's gonna be a storm and I know that she's here, whatever. But actually what happened was he didn't get to her in time. The storm, the hail fell so much that it stripped leaves off of the trees on this road. It looked like snow on the ground. And this killdeer bird, this mama bird, shielded her babies in that nest and broke her wing, but she kept them safe. And there was another store, I think the rain hadn't stopped and by the time I got here that morning, I saw him, I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, you gotta come see this little killdeer bird. And I'd already heard that story. So I'm like, man, that mama, she's, she's tough, you know? She knows she's gonna protect her, her babies. And that's God, that's God over us. And God showed me that I was, as I was walking away. He said, everything that you care for, I care for. Everything that you care for, I care for. You don't have to fight alone. He'll bring others alongside of you and say, let's do this together. Let's do this together. That's what we're called to do. We're called to do this together. Amen. We win. It's a good fight. It's a good fight because we win. We don't need to be afraid. We know the word. We can speak the word. It says, submit to God and resist the devil. And guess what he does? He leaves. <laughs> he leaves. I want to tell you just a really quick story. I want you to turn to <clears throat> Elijah in 2 Kings and some of y'all have heard this story where um, in the natural eye, he was surrounded. It looked like he was losing, okay? How many of y'all have ever gotten up and going like, oh my gosh, I'm losing. It's not, nothing's changing. Um, Elisha seemed doomed <laughs> to the natural eye. It says that the Syrian army was surrounding him. And in verse 15 of 2 Kings chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. And, and those around you will also tell you you're losing. How about that? Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> you're like, I'm victorious. And then somebody goes, what? Yeah. You, how do you say you're victorious? Your house is being taken. Your car has been repossessed. Uh, I don't understand. Remember, faith is what you believe on the inside, okay? So Elisha prayed because his, his, his servant told him in the natural what he saw. is like, what are you talking about? Look at all this. We're surrounded. But he prayed for his servant's eyes to be open, it says in verse 17. Haha, <laughs> let's look at that. So good. And what did he see? I'm, I'm not in, in 2 Kings, I'm in 1 Samuel. It says in verse 17, Elisha prayed, Lord, I pray you open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire <laughs> around them. That's an angel army. Do you realize there is more for us than there are against us? I pray this morning that your eyes would be open, that whatever it is that you're facing, you may think, oh my gosh, I, I don't understand how you say I'm winning when it looks like I'm losing. You know, as long as they believed in God and trusted and had faith, as long as they submitted, then things went according to God's plan. But it's when we... Don't let God's plan take over when we won't yield to him <laughs> that we lose. And I, I'm asking you this morning, what are you not submitting to God that you haven't received totally recovery from, that you haven't been healed from? What are you not submitting to God? 
And submitting and recovery go together. Recovery means healing, means restoration. It means like it never happened before, okay? So what attack, and an attack could be an unanswered prayer, right? Maybe something you've been praying about that just hasn't happened yet, that's gotten you off track from your faith. And maybe you're saying, I don't, I don't love like I used to. I don't believe like I used to. I want you to know that today is it's polishing day for our shield of faith. <laughs> You're in the right place at the right time. Because we're called to encourage one another. And we need to be ready. Let me tell you this. My readiness and your readiness is our responsibility. We should be encouraging one another. Hebrews 10.35 says encourage each other. Okay? We're to encourage each other. Cast not away your confidence in your faith. For it has a great recompense of reward. That means payday's coming. Something's going to change. It's going to change. And that's what we should be doing for each other. Encouraging one another. That's, that's standing by next to your sister in faith going, you got this girl. I'm not letting you go down. I will not let your faith fail you. I'm not going to let you because God's not going to let me let you. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask you, how's it going? What can I pray with you about? What can I pray with you about? He is our rewarder. We must persevere. I know we don't like that word. But our faith is, our faith should be intense. Our faith should be furious, ferocious. It's a force. It is a force. You know, I was reading in Matthew eleven twelve, 12, and the Holy Spirit led me to the scripture because he said, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. Do you know what that means? The kingdom of heaven means God's ways, God's thoughts, God's way of living has suffered violence. That means, can we say in an amen to that? Do you all believe that? We're living in a day where the kingdom of heaven is suffering violently. Everybody's coming against what God's word says. Everyone wants their own way to do their own thing because they want to. And so it's suffering violently. But it says that the violent take it by force. Now, I'm not talking about a rude faith or an ugly faith, but, but it is a violent faith. It is fierce and it is ferocious and it has to be a force. It has to be in order for us. We cannot be like, oh, I'm going to pick up my shield of faith, you know, you know in Jesus' name. It's, this weapon's just not going to harm me. Want to bet? Want to bet? He's out to destroy your life. He doesn't want you to be strong. He doesn't want you to know your worth. He wants you to give up. He doesn't want you to speak into your daughters, into your granddaughters, into your nieces, into your sons. He doesn't want you to. He wants you to quit so everybody else around you will quit. But like I said, your faith, your success, your living the life that God died to give you is not just your responsibility but mine everybody point your finger at yourself say my responsibility. my responsibility it is and coming to meetings like this coming to church going to our thrive groups that's all part of it it's saying you're not fighting alone you're not fighting alone I'm not going to let you fight alone your fight your faith will not fail you I'm not going to let it shipwreck. There's, there's a scripture that talks about your faith being shipwrecked. So I want us to, to pray for one another. Um, if, if somebody would come up and, and just while we're praying, if we could have some music, some soft music, or somebody come up. The Bible says that our faith is irrevocable truth. It's impossible to deny when we have faith in God. 
our faith stands, even when it doesn't see the outcome. Do you know that? When you stand, regardless of what it looks like, this is the ultimate rebuke to your enemy. Regardless of what happens, you're saying, I'm not giving in. I'm not giving in. I'm not giving in. It makes me think of the three Hebrew children when they would not bow down. They would not bow down. They would not bow down to that idol. They would not bow down when Nebuchadnezzar said, when you hear that sound, everybody has to bow down and worship this statue. They said, no, we're not doing it. I'm not going to go along with what everybody else says. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. My God will save me. They said, God will save us. And they said, well, if you're not going to bow down, then you get thrown into the fiery furnace. And I know it, that they said that furnace was so hot that the men that were even doing it got burned. But you know what they said? I'm not bowing. It doesn't matter. But listen to what they said. He said, they said, our God will save us. But even if he doesn't, but even if he doesn't, we still won't bow down. We still won't bow down. But even if he doesn't, do you know what those words mean? Even if he doesn't mean submission, it means I trust my God. But you know what? Even if he doesn't, whatever. I'm not bowing down. I knew someone who had been given 10% chance of living. He left the doctor's office in Montana and the doctor said he was only in his 30s. The doctor said, go plan your funeral because you're dying. You have 10% chance of living. Go plan your funeral and then go down to MD Anderson. And he did. He took his wife, his young wife, and he had two small kids. And he went and he planned his funeral. And he said, as he was walking out of the funeral home, he said, God, I know, I know you can heal me. I know you love me and I know you can heal me. I'm not giving in. I'm not giving in. But he said, even if you don't, I'll still love you and I'll serve you every day of my life. That was 25 years ago. God saved him, God healed him. That was your Uncle Brent. I can tell you so many stories of people, of moms even, who have lost their, their one mom in particular whose daughter had ran away and she thought she'd never see her again and for three nights she searched for her and searched for her and searched for her and, and the police were like, well, she's old enough, there's nothing we can do about it, we'll just kind of keep an eye out on her, uh, for her. And she came by the church one Wednesday night um, and I prayed with her and she said, she said, out of her mouth, she said, I know God can bring her back, but even if he doesn't, I'll still love God. I'll still serve him every day. My, my faith is not changing. She found her that night. She came home that night. We have to get that to that level of submission, that level of yielding to him and trusting him. Put your shoes on, put your shoes on, get your shoes on. And your shoes mean knowing what this word says. Because if you don't know what this word says, if you don't have a relationship with him, you're not able to lift this up. And everything else is gonna get beat up. Your helmet of salvation, you start doubting that you're even saved. you to take the hand of the person next to you or put your arm on them and pray for them. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, I need to get my feet back <laughs> in the Word. Father, Help us to make 
our relationship with you more important. Give us that desire. Forgive us, Lord, where we've trusted in ourselves more than we've trusted in you, Lord. I pray this morning that you renew the passion of every, of every young lady, that you renew their hearts and their love for you. Holy Spirit, fill us once again. Fill us. We're, there's no room for anything else. Lord, we want to be all that you created us to be. To believe that we are worthy, that we have value in you. And we can walk out your plan and your purposes, Father, for our life. We submit to you this morning, Lord. faith is strong this morning. Our faith is immovable. We are mighty in you. We are mighty in you. Say, I am mighty in you, God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sing that. That's good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.